Hi, everyone. Welcome to another GateWorld fan commentary. I'm Darren. I'm David. And right now, we are watching the SG-1 Season 3 episode, Point of View. Fantastic episode. One of my favorites from Season 3. All the stuff that they've got sort of here. This is just one of their, um, uh, one of the sound stages. That they've just filled with all the... yeah. Stuff from the props department. Yep. Yeah. So the first thing to be said is this is a follow-up episode from a season one episode, There But For The Grace Of God, which is where we've seen this mirror before. Mm Mm-hmm. In that first shot, we also saw the gamekeeper chair from season two. Mm-hmm. They managed to get one of those. I never cared for Sam with long hair in these early shows. Really? Uh-uh. Nah, I don't like it. With the civilian clothes and the makeup, she obviously looks so much different as Dr. Carter. Than oh, yeah. Our... our... Captain Carter, or I guess she's now just recently been promoted to Major at this point. Yep. So the differences start popping up. These guys are from an alternate reality. She's Dr. Carter. They're from the SGA. Yeah. What's that stand for? Stargate Association. Association. And Kowalski, of course. We know Kowalski. He's back. He's dead. Point of View is the uh, sixth episode of season three, which originally aired July the 30th, 1999, was syndicated on November the 6th, 2000. A lot of people were involved in this story. Jonathan Glasner, Brad Wright, Robert Cooper, and Tor Alexander Valencia, or Venza, I should say. And uh, the the actual episode, the teleplay, was written by uh, Jonathan and Brad. And directed by Peter DeLuise. All the greats from SG-1 past. Well, once again, I hope you're listening to the episode, or uh, listening to us while you watch the episode. Not trying <laughs> Otherwise, to it's to not going to make any sense. On your commute. Otherwise, you won't, uh, yeah. I wonder what ever happened to this leather jacket. I associate this leather jacket with season three. Yeah. So he walks in the door and doesn't doesn't cue into the fact that Sam has long hair. And it's not the same Carter. Well, he has, I mean, as the episode unfolds, he has a hard time understanding that this is not, this is a different reality, Sam. Yeah. He dead. What are you doing here? He dead. You died. I saw your head get chopped off. Confused Jack, I mean, just makes up so much of this mm-hmm. this these early episodes.
the quantum mirror, I really wish they had um, taken advantage of more often. Mm-hmm. Um, but and at it, least, you know, they did what they did with it, and, and they were both good episodes. Yeah. As a storytelling device, it's, uh, I mean, it's as big as the Stargate. Mm-hmm. Being able to go to other realities, potentially, you know, fetch resources, even get people back. They could have made a, a second Stargate series based on the mirror. Yeah. But at the same time, you understand why Hammond ends up uh, ordering that it's destroyed at the end of this episode because it's such a... I mean, it's almost a god device in terms of storytelling. You can almost do too much with it. Mm-hmm. It almost makes the characters too powerful. And I think the mirror is made of Naquita, isn't it? That's what we think it is. There's we some, can't be sure. some speculation that it may have been ancient. Mm-hmm. Daniel Daniel made that comment. It could have been made of Nakwit at the gate element. Mm. <laughs> He's still <laughs> trying to figure it out. Alternate, alternate reality. Not the same one that Daniel went to. They're all real. Leave it to Teal to go metaphysical. Yeah. He introduces this this notion of reality, which is which one matters to us. Well, which one is absolutely real? I think that's what he's asking. And he later later says ours is the only one of consequence. Exactly. Not just to us, but just period. Of consequence. But they fight for that for this other reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's classic science fiction. Fork in the road mm-hmm. stuff is, what if all of our lives had turned out a little bit different? <laughs> or really different? And Stargate, I mean, this is some of the best Stargate that there is. It's alternate mm-hmm. reality stuff. It's 2010 from season four. It's There But For the Grace of God from season one. And that would be bizarre, coming from his perspective, seeing the enemy um, sitting there, the yeah. leader of of the uh, of the ground forces. Yeah, that's a pretty big difference between realities. And now we have two Sams in the same room. You can tell she's standing in front of a... You can tell that the Sam on the left is a a separate element, but it still looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for 1999. And if it ever gets up-res to Blu-ray, it'll be interesting. Mm. Now we're going to have the exposition to put all the pieces of the puzzle together.
That's a disturbing thought, too. Most of the realities they checked out had been overrun. Yeah. yeah. And Dr. Sam gets a little bit hostile here, which I always thought mm-hmm. was was kind of odd. It's almost out of character for her, but then she's not quite the same Sam that we know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet a lot of this has to do with Jacob. That's not her spoken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whether or not the car crash occurred for her mother. But I don't think that's even been revealed yet. I think that's later revealed in this season. The car crash, yeah, with her mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, who knows if what sort of role her dad, who was a military man, played in her Mm -hmm. joining the military. Or Mm -hmm. I suspect it was huge. God. <laughs> and the romance theme. Oh, I love this music. And the split screen. Mm-hmm. Kept at a safe dif- distance from one another. Yeah, you always want to watch with these split screens to see if one of them is going to cross over the other one. And there she does at yeah. the end. She walks yeah. in front of her. Makes it a little bit more of a complicated visual. It's, it sells it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Remember in the TNG episode, Second Chances, where Riker walks around Riker. Mm-hmm. And how complicated a shot that was for 1994, I think. Yep, and now we see things for Dr. Carter are a little bit more complicated. Just got this picture. It's really a neat photo. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Rick and, and Amanda are just so authentic. The red phone. <laughs> Jeez. It's nice to see Hammond and, and his superiors thinking that, you know, having a couple people from another reality could actually be really dangerous. Yeah. Just like on the fabric of our own. would have been very strange to go see her. Yeah. I mean, this episode has so much heart. And mm-hmm. it's it's emotion and it's humor. And so much of it 
I mean, as much as this is about Carter and Carter's, uh, the humor and the emotion also revolves around Jack. Mm-hmm. He's, like, not sure how to deal with this, so he, you know, cracks jokes. Well, their feelings for one another have not really been acknowledged yet, although it's, like, pretty solid. Yeah, there's a bit in Solitudes in Season 1. Mm-hmm. And in there before the grace of God. That's right, they were married, weren't they? In the alternate, alternate reality. Mm-hmm. So are you a Sam Jack shipper? Me, myself? You, yourself. I prefer to keep that to myself. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, I mean... I've always described myself as a bit of a closet shipper. Well, It's not I'm the a... main reason I watch the show. No, but... it, it never had anything to do with why I watched the show, but... It's I like, I like clear the that these two have a relationship. And so yeah. I root for that. I root for whatever's on the screen, pretty much. Yeah, I like, I like often... this aspect of their characters. And I actually like it because they are in the relationship that they're in, and they can't act on it. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is a major plot point in Divide and Conquer in the following season, that, that they can't act on it. That they can't mm-hmm. acknowledge it, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. not, while he, not, not, not while she's under his command. Yeah. I actually like that Sam and Jack ship more than I like the idea of, oh, I hope someday they get together and get married and have babies. Mm. No, because this makes it more interesting. Yeah, which is why the the sort of semi-resolution of the Sam Jack storyline in Threads in Season 8 didn't really do it for me. I mean, it didn't really interest me all that much. The the Sam deciding not to get married to Pete was was an important development for a character. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in terms of resolving their relationship, I... I wasn't necessarily even interested in it being resolved. <laughs> Jack just does not know the right thing to say. He do- well, he doesn't know how to deal with this. Would yeah. you? No. And he says as much to her right here. I, I know that you need me. I don't know how to do this. But it's not him. You know, this is this is not the man that she fell in love with. This is an mm-hmm. alternate version of him who doesn't know how to... Well, that much is true right there. He doesn't have a clue. And it's great that, that the Jacks are close enough that she knows. She knows him well enough to know that he doesn't know how to handle this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's almost like the photograph. Mm-hmm. He's a reminder. He's a memory. He's something that she mm-hmm. is looking at as she's trying to get through this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this could have gone on a totally different direction. And she could have been sort of in her grief attempting to replace her husband. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so glad they did not write the episode that way. Dr. Carter knows that he's yeah. not her Jack. Yeah. 
and she doesn't need him to be her Jack. Leave her alone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's he's trying to learn how to be more sensitive and and you know, yeah be there trying. for his friends for his his team. I always thought that the loss of his son was the reason for this odd behavior. You know his his coping mechanism. And now he's trying to relearn a lot of stuff that he took for mm. granted before. Maybe softened him a bit. Yeah. Okay, enough weeping. There's something sci-fi going on. Yeah, exactly. What an interesting visual. So cool. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a fairly simple visual, but it's just really compelling. It's like her being is being torn apart. Mm-hmm. Because you're already dead. You dead? Haven't you been paying attention? <laughs> you can't can't treat it it's only going to get worse just <laughs> so now the pressure's on they cannot fix stay. whatever happened I mean, you always wonder if we could sort of, as much as Stargate kills off characters, if we could ever get one of them back permanently mm -hmm. from an alternate, an alternate reality. reality. Like, what if Kowalski decides that he wants to stay? Mm -hmm. There's no reason he can't. Or, I mean, they could have killed off Major Carter and left Dr. Carter here. Yeah, wouldn't that be interesting? And that's one of the things that they considered, again, with uh, Second Chances in TNG. Thomas Riker, for a while, was going to replace... Will Riker. Really? Yes, sure was. I did not know that. I mean, I love Martuf's character, and uh, when he comes back in season nine... It's hard to watch him leave. From another reality, yeah. It's like, can't the mm -hmm. guy stick around? That's, he doesn't belong know, here. Back when the Tok'ra were cool. Mm-hmm. Not to mention Janet. Yeah. But I mean, if you do that, you're cheating your audience of the emotional baggage that they that they acquired, yeah. That they need in order to feel, you know, what they do for episodes like Heroes. Um, yeah, it cheapens that whole grieving process. It that, cheapens that Sunday when they brought Beckett viewers. back. Yeah, when Beckett gets brought back in Atlantis. It's a good point. 
Now Jack sees the right thing to do is to back them up. Mm-hmm. I may die in the process. But Teal'c is there. That could be problems. It's so interesting that Daniel is... I mean, Kowalski's looking at Daniel sort of as an outsider, too. Mm-hmm. In both alternate realities that we've seen, Daniel was not there. He was mm-hmm. not a part of the Stargate mm-hmm. program. Whereas in our in our reality, I mean, that's the start of the feature film. That's, you know, Daniel being recruited is the sort of basis of Stargate. Yeah, no more of this. Mm. the removable whatever (laughs) so we have a plan and it involves this little piece of technology that we've seen before yeah and the Asgard didn't design this device Mm -mm. it's ancient basically came from the ancient uh, knowledge repository uh, this is the one that Jack built in the fifth race mm-hmm. that helped him dial the Stargate to uh, the 8 Chevron address, which is outside of our galaxy, to go find the Asgard. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to try and do it again. I'd be really interested to know how they did that one. Yeah, it's, it's a freaky effect. This is this is a really interesting idea for the way that the quantum mirror works. Mm-hmm. That it's not an exact science. You sort of have to finesse your way through it. And I mean, it's not like dialing an address. You just sort of look through the mirror and see if the contextual clues are right. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a freaky idea, because so many realities have got to be so nearly identical to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, if I were to go through this with this team, mm-hmm. if we had to shut it off, I would make sure before I left they put a big smiley face in front of the... Uh, in front of the the mirror so that I could yeah. see that on the other side, you know, something obvious. Make it a little more distinct. But of course, they don't know until they get there that they're going to have to shut it off. <laughs> it works. 
Classic. And this is so something another... that we could have used, you know? The little we generator. Give it up. Yep. Yeah. So another little callback to the episode that had just aired the week before when we got the Naquita generator for the first time mm-hmm. from the... Uh, Orbanians. Orbanians, thank you. All I was thinking was Tobin, which is the name of the little kid. Toman. Toman, that's right. The Tobin is a, Tobin Tobin is is a star system. Minefield. Yeah, get it, get it correct. Get it, come on, get it right. It's <laughs> <sighs> been a while. I'm catching up. I wish to see Tobin immediately. Yes. Ah, come on, hug yourself. So they're being a little nicer to each other now. Dr. Sam's going home. Such as it is. Neat. I love that transition. So cool. Turn it off. Turn it off. Jack wasn't there for the tutorial. He doesn't know that when you shut it off... That's why they should have put that big smiley face there. I'm telling you. It's not going to be on the same reality when they turn it back on. Cool. I mean, they do a good about, job of redressing this set. Yeah, talk about an amazing bottle show. Just using yeah. the standing sets and not not doing any location shooting. Yeah, shows you can you can get a great episode by not having to go anywhere. And yet, because they're in an alternate reality, it feels like they've gone farther than they ever have going through the gate. Mm-hmm. with less certainty of being able to get back home. And how do you know you're in a parallel reality? Mm-hmm. The beards. The bad guys have goatees. Looks like a little bit of glue there on Peter Williams. Glue? See his beard glued on? No, that can't be. Kind of like shiny on the the right side. You know, this this gate room looks like the gate room from the feature film, and it's the mm. lighting. It's the lighting that sells it. Mm. Um, the the Stargates, you know. If you examine those shots, they're pretty close. Mm. Evil teal. Oh, I never noticed that before. Jack sort of bumps bumps into that red debris, and it jiggles. I guess it's just a pipe. It's not load bearing. Hate to tell you, but it's fake. Cool. That was the wrong thing to say. Yeah. Sholva. 
you traitor. It's him. He can kill him if he wants. It's a little disturbing. Tilka's so quick on the draw to kill... Shoot himself. Himself. Well, that's his rationale for that. Husband of Dreyok. Father of Ryak. Let's just hope the Jaffa language is the same. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, what are you saying? Speaking of which, there's this brilliant exchange coming up here. <laughs> great, great, great moment. Yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. Can't find it. And that could have millions and millions of variations. Yeah, I think the, with the multiverse theory, isn't it basically infinite number of... Based on every choice that a, that a self-aware being makes, I think, I think something like that. Mm. Every choice that I consciously make creates a new reality. That's one of the things that I find a little hard to believe about it, is every choice that I make creates a new reality, really. Mm. There's a reality out there where everything's exactly the same except that one decision you made the other way. Mm -hmm. So there's realities out there where Atlantis and Universe ended their run properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, and is the, this the first, first use, the first time. Yep, first time it's been used. We'll see it a few times this season, but this is the first, and another sort of simple, small but really brilliant visual effect with the uh, the light coming out of the eyes and the mouth mm -hmm. socket. You just feel it. just looks like the movie gate room mm. got the monitor up there with the the ship parked on top of the mountain mm. disturbing seeing the, the scientists just laying on the console yeah little Asgard Thor motif there in the background oh and the music mm-hmm yeah. yeah never noticed that mm-hmm brought over from the Sumerian episodes 
Now, say what you want. The Asgard do sort of function at the end of this episode like a... a Deus Ex Machina. Machina. But, I mean, from a storytelling perspective, it's not really, because they have been well-established. Yes. And we have their address. We have something that powers the gate. We do know they're, they're enemies of the Gould who will come and zap them all away. Um, remember when Samaria got invaded? Mm-hmm. Thor's chariot. And the Asgard showed up and just started them all. beaming away all the ground forces and their ships. And it was just the end of it. And later used again in um, Shades of Grey. You know, that kind of thing. And in this episode, the Asgard can um, revive the dead. Hammond is killed. Ah, that's right. Seeing the Asgard at this early as sort of godlike, because they're so advanced, mm-hmm. actually helps to sell the end of the season. Because at the end of the season, remember, we're going to meet the replicators. Who can we're going to find out that the Asgard, as advanced as they are, are having a terrible time. And this is an interesting notion right here, which suggests that maybe another mission could be going on at the same time. Mm. You're a captain. That's not right. Close. Sam just got promoted to major. So yeah, somewhere out there, there's another alternate reality that has met somebody from another alternate reality and sent a team through on a mission. Maybe. maybe We don't know all the details of that, but yeah, probably. He's working on it. There we go. Yeah, the stock footage of the gate room does not match the, oh, the lighting. lighting. Yeah, from earlier, you're right. You're so observant. It's little things like that that always bother me. <laughs> you should do like an episode commentary or something. <laughs> of quibbles. <laughs> <laughs> and there's an eight Chevron address locked mm-hmm. in, the, in the computer. Go go go! I always thought it was funny that. The energy from a Zat gun travels slow enough that she could duck out of the way. This is a great shot. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting point. By basically ordering that that Jaffa to stand down and let her pass, Tilka's played his last card. He's just given himself away. Why have you betrayed me? Again. Always betraying me because you are a false god. <laughs> you deserve to die. False god. Yeah, right now they think he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many of them in that tiny little room. Damn. Put it down. (laughs) 
There's their Teal'c. Yeah, they found him. The exhaust coming out of the <laughs> underside of the... Yeah, Deja Vu. That's Deja an interesting vu. comment from the other show. Yeah, we're basically at, at the end of our rope now. We have no more cards to play. We are at Apophis's mercy. Daniel's so defiant. So good. Jeez. Brutal. Like he'll believe you. Give me a break. <laughs> now we're trying to explain multiverse theory to to Apophis. Apophis. And there you go. Hammond is dead. Interesting that Teal'c is is not trying anything here. Mm-hmm. And the yellow dot is coming to the rescue. The lighting in this episode is so cool. Mm-hmm. Recognize that beam. Isn't this funny? Some of them are dropping their staff weapons as they run. Yeah. It's a lot of guys. Cool. Yeah, we're taking off. So, I mean, presumably the the Gould in this universe know who the Asgard are. Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. had some dealings. They may have the same sort of treaty with them that we have mm-hmm. in our reality. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. and she's back really no and she's gonna tell us about it and they fixed his shirt they fixed his shirt he doesn't even have the little head wound anymore nope so the Asgard come to the rescue but unfortunately they don't stick around to chat no
It's up to humanity to repair themselves. Yeah. I mean, you always wonder what happened to this reality. Mm-hmm. How they made out. I mean, by this point, we have the Asgard backing us. We're we're part of the Protected Planets Treaty, mm-hmm. so the world can't come after us. This will probably keep the System Lords away for a while. I would think so. You can't hear the other side, can you? That's right. Sound doesn't mm-hmm. convey. Right. You know, when I first saw this, these two guys turned their backs to them. It took me a minute to figure out that they were getting ready to go through the mirror. <laughs> what do you I think they thought, were going to do? I always thought that Jack was giving them a little signal to, like, turn around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay one on her. <laughs> Don't watch this. Uh, but he does it anyway, and he does it. Well, that would be bizarre to watch. His Sam is watching. This sort of, uh, I mean, it, it sort of indicates to our Sam and Jack that that there really is something here. Yep. That it's sort of uh, realistic. Yep. It's not At phony. least that there are feelings between them, if if not something that they could ever act on. The unspoken stuff is so much better than the spoken stuff, you know? Yeah. They could have, I mean, there there could have been dialogue here that, that they just said, no, you know, we're just going to keep the dialogue minimal. And it plays so much better. Yeah, and the mirror goes off and we stay with her. We stay with the alternate reality just for one more beat. End up the episode. It's a dark show. It's it's pretty dark. There's lots of great little Jack humor moments in it. Mm-hmm. But it's a dark concept, and it's uh, emotionally very trying, for Sam especially. Mm-hmm. And presumably Hammond's orders have been fulfilled now, and, and the mirror gets destroyed, although that's never confirmed on screen. Mm. Well, no, it is. It's confirmed... Um, is it? Yeah, in uh, uh, Ripple Effect. Okay. Great episode. All these names of these yeah, people that we have one. now had the privilege of, of meeting and talking with over the years. Yeah, John Lennox. Pretty much someone on every screen. Dan Shea. So many people were with this franchise for so long. Many of them for the entire run. Yeah. Well, that's Point of View. One of my favorite episodes of Season 3. Thanks for Thanks. watching with us.